Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've done every online show with my bed behind me, but this time I'm living up on a wall, a navy blue wall with some chunky paint. I've moved. Um, welcome to five. <laughs> Huge week. I'm going to give you an update in five things, but first I want to say hi and welcome to Bad Dog TV. What an amazing place. Ah, a magical place where live comedy still happens. Also, this show is also a podcast. Whoa! On the sound. <laughs> yep. That's reminded me to say something soon. Um, on the sonar network. And if you're watching right now, I'm gonna need you to, hey, how about donate to Bad Dog Theater? Go to baddogtheater.com slash five things and support live comedy still happening on the interwebs. Also, another thing you could do that would just like really make me happy is smash that like button. It's here. Smash it. Smash that i really that sound is it's leveling up with the horn i don't know which is my favorite anymore Ooh, it's a it's a contest anyways yeah welcome to five things the show where i get to interview amazing people from our community from the comedy world and ask them five things in the spirit of our improv game warm-up five things i'm gonna start with myself right now um Oh, also, I've got to say, hi, Connor. I just never say hi to Connor. Hi, Connor. Connor on the horns. Can you imagine Connor just had... I'm picturing Connor with trumpets, just a whole horn section back there, but that's how good... (laughs) Connor with a sad trumpet. Yeah. No, Connor's just teching the... the, the, I was going to swear, but I don't think seven o'clock's the time. Connor was just, uh, he, he's teching Bad Dog, he, he, he does so much teching on Bad Dog TV, and Bad Dog TV would not be, Bad Dog Theater would not be what it is without Connor Lowe. So can I get a air horn from all your mouths at home and the air horn sound for Connor Lowe in the booth? <laughs> That's what that sounded like to me. And I liked it. Okay. Hey, everyone. I've had a really cool and exciting week, and I want to tell you about it (laughs) in five things. So uh, thing one for my week is I moved. Holy smokes. I moved one floor down. And you think that sounds easy, right? That's super easy. Like one floor down. I had help of amazing friends. Um, It was the hottest weekend of the year so far. So not only did I move, but I had a little bit of a workout. I sweat. I sweat a lot, but um, it's worth it because my apartment's beautiful. Um, next, I ooh, I nested. I decorated. I haven't really decorated a place because I'm, I'm living. This is huge. 
since 2015, I've been, I've been in, I've been in Toronto. I keep saying Calgary. That's where I moved from. Um, and I've never lived above ground by myself and I'm finally living above ground by myself. Huge. Thank you. Applause, applause, applause. She's an adult, a 38 year old adult finally made it. <laughs> so I'm living above ground. So thing too, is that I nested so hard. I decorated this place is very decorated, decorated to the, to the nines, to the tens. Um, the third thing is, as I was decorating and like checking out my style and watching TikToks, I realized that I'm what the Gen Zers are calling um, chuggy. I'm chuggy. Connor, if you want to Google that, that means I'm someone who is not very trendy. But apparently it's someone who used to be trendy. Um, never have been trendy. Never will be trendy, probably. I like I had a live, laugh, live sign. Not now, but at one point in like my life, I had live, laugh, live. I gotta learn. I gotta get this book about Gen Z slang that uh, Connor pulled up because I am falling behind. I'm fogging up. My glasses are fogging up because I am falling behind. Okay, number four is I discovered something sad that my cat, who might come into the show at any time uh loves my roommate more than he loves me because he has been all kinds of depressed and then i was like oh maybe he's just not used to the new apartment whatever 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 and then my roommate comes yesterday to visit me in my new apartment she hasn't been around for a while and he comes alive he is like i love her i'm gonna show her by sticking my butt in her face and i was like this brought up a lot of jealousy issues that I, I'm going to need to talk about in therapy. Um, yeah. Cat therapist. I need a cat therapist. My cat needs a therapist. I need my therapist. There's a lot because like, we're a bit of a broken home right now. Bit of a broken home right now. But I think things are going to be great. Um, and thing five is, honestly, this is improvised. So I'm going to make it up. Oh, I'm working at, uh, not in my bedroom anymore. And that's not made up. That's a fact. I'm, I used to do everything in my bedroom. Everything. Except for like, I wasn't sleeping much. <laughs> but I was doing shows. I was working. I was watching TV. I was cuddling my cat. I lived in my bedroom. And now I have a whole 500 square feet, baby. <laughs> it's 500 square feet. Oh, uh, well, that's five things for my week. I had a nice week. I hope you did have a nice week. Maybe DM us with... The five things that happened in your week. I'd love to read them. DM Bad Dog TV. I'm not even in charge of that account, but I'll read it. I took out my glasses because I'm very hyped up for our guest for this show. I was um, saying to uh, to Connor and our guest in in our green room before the show that there this show is so amazing because I get to ask five questions of people who I should really actually know. Um, this person I really should know more about because. They are the production manager of the show. And then I did some Google research in the last couple of days, and they are actually super famous. They are a professionally trained, uh, award-winning musical director, actor, theater creator. And they are amongst us all the time, producing and doing amazing work here with Bad Dog Theater and Bad Dog TV. I met them at Bad Dog Theater when we would talk fashion because we shopped at the same place. I'm so excited because every time we chat, I just feel like a warm feeling wash over me. 
I'm so excited to introduce my guest full of five things. Theater's own Avery Jean Brennan. Hi, Hi, welcome. Hi. I'm so excited to chat with you because I was like, <laughs> everything everything I googled, I was like, whoa, 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 wait, what? Um, we need we need to learn how to brag more. Okay, <laughs> we need, we need I, I to yes, we I need agree. to learn. You should you should just come up to people and be like, I'm an award winning. I, I I in in my defense, <laughs> yes, I do do that quite a lot. You know what? I think okay. You recently told me in a in a. Like a chat, we were talking about uh, a musically written because you wrote a song about being happy alone that I mm. loved, and you mentioned it to me, and then I was like, "Cool, cool, that's awesome." That, but that, how long? That's like a year after knowing you. Yeah, I, I think we would have met in because I started working at Bad Dog like February of twenty nineteen. Oh, so like two years. Yeah, two <laughs> oh, years. Two years. Okay, okay. <laughs> we need to do some efficient bragging here, so maybe I, this is I an opportunity. Like, I, listen, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to go around. I don't want to say that I'm an award winning <laughs> because yeah, other people already do that for me. That's specifically, true. Specifically, specifically, people who give out awards. Oh wow, 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 wow! That seemed like somebody who walked in with a fur coat and sunglasses would take off their glasses and say, "And I respect that." Thank you. I Thank had you. a whole image in my head of you doing it, and it was. Fire. Uh, <laughs> fire. I mean, I am, I, I may be a cancer, but I do have three Leo placements in my chart. <laughs> okay. That's, so. I was, I'm, I needed to know that because I'm like, I see the feelings, but I, I feel fire and it's the Leo placements. Okay. Yeah. Rising, um, Mercury, and Venus. Whoa. Um, oh, oh, no. Uh, Avery G. Right, the Sonar you- Network. Um, am I also Chugi? Is that what we were Yeah, it's Chugi. It's what the Gen Zetters are if saying. If I used to shop at the same place. And the answer is no. yes, and proudly. Oh, okay. Really? I don't think, <laughs> I think you're very trendy and cool. Like, I think you're very trendy. I, um, I start trends, though. Or like yeah, I, I was going to say, or you're like way more confident than me. And I'm like, live, laugh, love. <laughs> I'm like, I have, I have, oh, I didn't tell the biggest reason why I'm chewy. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm struggling to open my shirt sleeve to show you my pointless I, I, Eiffel tattoo. I, I don't know. Your arm? I'm look trying at, to look aim. Look at his arm, everybody. <laughs> I'm trying to aim my arm at the there camera. It there it is. This pointless Eiffel Tower tattoo that I actually got the first time I ever visited Toronto. I didn't get the CN <laughs> You didn't even tower. get it in Paris? No. That I mean, I'm, actually, was... I'm very glad you didn't get it in Paris. Uh, I would probably got beaten up in Paris because they already didn't like me because I went, parlay vous anglais, s'il vous plaît. And they're like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a nice time in Paris, hence the, the chuggy tattoo. Um, okay, great. This is enough about me and my chugginess. <laughs> this is about Avery Jean and their fabulousness, because I need to know more. I Googled and I was like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I need to know the deets. So thing one, um, it's a huge thing. It should take us about half an hour to 45 minutes. Can you please tell me about your theater work <laughs> and how you got into theater and how you came upon winning all these awards and getting all these accolades? Yeah, tell me about your journey in theater because 
I'm gonna I'm first of all, that's three questions. That's three questions. Oh, one. I know. I'm sneaking in. I'm. Ch- I as I'm your sneaking. producer. As your I producer, know. Don't. I do. No, no, no. Connor, Avery Jean. Hold on. Do not hold on. tell Coco about Coco. <gasps> Coco, I'm <laughs> doing this. Andrew is breaking improv rules. No, that's it, what rules are made for. Exactly. You're a Virgo. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, um. What was the question? My, my theater uh, just journey, my me, life in theater. I can make it one thing. Yeah, tell me about your yeah your theater okay. journey. Um, it was it it's storied as my past is storied. Um, oh. Not well, cool. no. Um, I was born into a family, as many of us are. <laughs> um, but specifically, mine was uh, my mother's side of the family. It, it's, it's it's a very long line of artists and touring mediums. Um. Like my mother's professional classical violist, as well as a novelist and nonfiction writer. Wow! And then her mother is also a painter who is ninety-four years old and still painting and still both teaching and taking painting classes. Wow! Like even through the pandemic over Zoom at her apartment. That's amazing. Um, and her father was um, he was the the head of the philosophy department at U of T, but he was also a also a classical pianist um, and art lover and philanthropist and blah blah blah. So art so, is in the blood. Exactly. It was like very much instilled in our family. So I remember I was three or four years old. Um, my mom sat me down to have like a very serious talk with me as a like actual child. And she said to me, it's like, you're either going to learn to play the piano or the violin and you have to pick something. You can't pick nothing. But like, these are the two things that we already have. So we had a piano in the house and we had a, like my mom also taught violin viola before she got much more involved in her writing. um and i picked the piano and so i started piano lessons and i was like six or seven and then i started choir and then i started taking some like acting classes and dance classes as like as like the years went on because i had no friends so i didn't have (laughs) anything else to do uh and then when i was 14 i was cast away first professional musical at the neptune theater it was in 2006's production of oliver playing two different orphans Oh, I know. Double duty orphans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then after that, immediately after that, I spent two years um, touring a breakdance musical about bullying across the Atlantic provinces. Oh, called "Do the Right Thing." My God, um, where I I played the bully. (gasps) What you played? I played the bully. I made fun of like a kid who is like really into breakdancing, and I was like, "Ooh, ballet boy over here!" Like it was just like (laughs) that. In an hour-long musical, and then it all ended with us, like, we would, like, do, like, direct address monologues to the audience one at a time. That all ended with, like, this is how I'm going to act instead. I intend to be a friend. And then we'd, like, turn around, and it's like, be a friend on our shirt. Um, <laughs> so, like, that's kind of, like, how, like my, my start and my professional career were those two shows. And then, like, I was also, like, I should also probably go to theater school so I can learn how to do this more intentionally. Um, I both love and regret that. I will never say which theater schools I attended because they do not deserve my platform. Um, <laughs> nor does any theater school, I think, in existence. Um, and then through that, it was in the, it was in my first year at the second program that I did. I did two programs. Um, and my first year at the second program, I realized I was transgender. Um, and I was like, but it was a musical theater school and I knew like musical theater was like the thing that I wanted and needed to do. And at the time, like, this was, I think this was even before, like, Orange is a New Black came out. So, like, I hadn't seen any trans feminine people, like, in, in media in general. 
And so I was like, all right. And like, and then in musical theater, after studying music for so long and voice for so long too, specifically, and like getting really into the technique and into the music world, which is so unnecessarily gendered um, and so strict in those senses too. I was like, okay, well, if I want to work in musical theater, I have to be a boy. <laughs> Even though the rest of this is like, what's that? What's happening? So yeah. I realized I was trans. Yeah. And then I graduated from theater school and started working immediately. Very thankful for that. But like part of that was because I had the momentum from before I started theater school. Um, both like acting in, in different shows across the country. And most of the, this was like, I was living on the West Coast at that time. So I was working in, around Vancouver. And I was working in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. A few places in shows. And at the same time, developing like musical direction. And I started writing. And I spent a year also, I did an artistic director internship um, at a company um, where I did a lot of teaching and I did a lot of directing uh, of shows and writing of shows and just creating of like immersive experiences for very rich people um, (laughs) who were really snooty and annoying. Um, I directed it. I directed an improv show. I wanted them too. (gasps) Oh, (laughs) really? Well, it was a Comedia dell'arte show. So it was like improv with mass characters. Yeah. And it was uh, for a... Uh, a place in Victoria, BC that wanted just like roaming performers in mass characters and like a little like performance member. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Um, so I put that together and I remember we were warming up and we were like in our sweatpants and whatever and like in a space just doing that, just getting together. And these people who hired us just like have such like a disconnect from how the industry works. It's like they saw us in the room, not yet in costume hair and makeup. And one of the two organizers who I'd been working with the whole time, like, runs in and she was like do you have costumes do you need costumes and we were like yeah we're the show's in two hours like what (laughs) (laughs) what a time to ask such an important question (laughs) Um, yeah so i was doing stuff like that um before my transition and then i started writing uh i've been writing like a few plays and i wrote a few musicals my first solo show i ever wrote was um called i was 18 years old um, it was uh, me as a Liza Minnelli drag queen impersonator, and I called it Liza with a D. <laughs> and then I just kind of like, I did more writing through school for projects, and then I started to get more serious about it. I had an idea to like, I wanted to explore something to do with the vaudeville circuit. Mm-hmm. And then um, as I started writing that, I think about a month after I wrote the first draft of that script was the Pulse nightclub shootings. And that really very deeply affected me. And I was still closeted as a trans person, but very oh, as a queer person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget my dramaturge during that process. Like we had our next session and the entire session was, and was a, instead of notes was like just talking about my feelings around that. And he was like, there is a safe way for you to process these feelings through this work. And I was like, oh, I haven't really ever like consider that or like put, I never, I never been vulnerable as a writer before. <laughs> um, and so I started to do that. And then, then that show eventually became a musical called The Pansy Craze, which I did. I did. I had a reading of it in Halifax as part of the um, live-in festival that Tapopo Theater throws every October. Or I think they used to, I don't know. Um, and then I did a reading of it in Victoria as a concert after I started writing some music. And then when I moved to Toronto, um, I very, very, very luckily um lucked into uh fringe slot for toronto fringe in the 18th and what, then, what year was that i remember i remember seeing uh I, I don't know if i saw it was i know this is off to, um, weird 
off topic, but is Dustin George was Dustin George? Dustin George involved? was the director of involved. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm Dustin was one of my um, new friends when I had made, uh, when I moved to Toronto, and I remember hearing about it, and then it got like it. it that's that's the award, right? That's one of them. That's one of Spoiler. them. One of them. Okay. <laughs> hair flip. Hair flip. Hair flip. I put my hair up specifically so I can resist flipping it. Thank you. I'll flip for you. Thank you. Because mine's down and I'm flipping yeah. for you. Also, for those of you listening on the podcast, my hair is up in an incredibly tall and large bun. Very voluminous uh, bun. Always good. Like bright red and white, like beach headband also. Yes. Also um, a wonderful cardigan. Actually, it's a shawl. It was shawl. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we did that in the fringe. That won an award. It was the um, LGBTQ fringe award uh, for um, I can't remember my own awards. I feel so, <laughs> so sorry. Wasn't it the about, first was, award of its kind? It was the yes, first. Yes, it was yeah. the very first. It was the very first, um, and it was about uh, creating opportunities for queer people on stage that didn't already exist. Because like the main plot of this show essentially is the transgender woman who was. Um, trying to make it on the vaudeville circuit as the vaudeville circuit was dying. Um, oh, also, spoilers, uh, between this, around the time... <laughs> through writing that show, though, um, I started writing that before I came out as trans, and it was through writing that and the central character that I started to get to explore that part of myself and, like, a little bit more in the musical theater world. Because, like, and I, and, like, I still haven't seen musical theater roles for trans people ever. Yeah. Like, I, like, even, like, and I've, play, I've done other musicals since as an actor, after yeah. coming out as trans, but even then, like, I'm like, there's not a lot about most of the roles I played that needed to be trans. Yeah. Um, which I don't, like, I also don't mind. That should also happen in casting. Yeah. Um, but, like, there, there's nothing written, like, specifically for my voice. Um, and so then I remember I came out as trans while I still lived in BC. And then, like, during the last few months there, like, on my way out, I was like, by the way, I'm trans. Also, I don't like working with people. Um, <laughs> and then I moved to Toronto. And then just like as soon as I moved to Toronto, I kind of like had my new my new shot at life, and I came out more publicly, um, and made that kind of the forefront of my work. And through that, stepped away from acting in general because I was like, when I came out as trans, I had been working very consistently before that as an actor, and then everything went away. Like all the companies that used to hire me repeatedly, um, either stopped hiring me or just they just folded on their own. <laughs> also happened in a few spots, yeah. um, and I love them very dearly, but um, R.I.P. Um, and then I wasn't able to get auditions anymore either. So I transitioned. I was like, okay, like I love acting, but like, obviously it's not going to happen for a while. I'm going to have to write some roles myself. So I started doing that with the pansy craze. Um, I did some writing for, uh, summer works. I did a show called gender reveal party that I did with Esper Bergman, um, which made a critics pick choice award now makes oh, that's two awards. That's two awards. If we can get, get to five yeah, awards. Look, can we have an award counter five at the bottom awards. of the screen? Five Just awards. A, five awards. Five awards. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah, um, then, yeah, keep going. I need to know <laughs> it all. I need to know every detail. This is us becoming best friends. This okay. Is, and then I was musically directing a lot. I was doing vocal coaching, a lot of awards. Like Connor, <laughs> a yes. lot of awards. Uh, I was doing musical direction. I was teaching voice. I was doing a little bit of like acting teaching and then doing arts administration. I used to be the box office manager at Young People's Theater as well. And then I started doing a, um, uh, I, I used to, I, I used to run a workshop series or facilitate a workshop on trans and non-binary inclusion in art spaces, which I still have. I'm just like, I'm taking a break from it because sometimes as a marginalized person, you just need to. And that's okay. Uh, 
And then I did a residency as a musical director apprentice at Neptune Theater through the Chrysalis Project. And I worked on two musicals there um, as an assistant musical director. And that was my first time being back in that theater where I started my career at 14. Um, since then, basically. And That's so I was nice. like, it was really nice. It is like <laughs> I got to know like what that place had become and who was working there at the time and um, really, really fell in love with working with the director of the second show I worked on, which was Cinderella. Um, and that was the artistic director there, Jeremy Webb. And I really, really enjoyed working with him in that context. And I felt really safe in his room as a trans person in a regional theater, which I was like, what is happening? This is <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, what is the strange feeling I have? And I was like, oh, it's safety. <laughs> Whoa. Um, and so then when they announced their next season, which had another pantomime musical as their holiday show, which was Peter Pan, I wrote him literally the next day. I was really fired up because I just the day before gotten a rejection letter for a grant. And my response, I, I don't respond to rejection by getting down on myself. I respond to rejection by being like, you're wrong and I'll prove it over here. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wrote Jeremy Beat and I was like, very like, cast me in Peter Pan. And he calls me up and he's like, okay. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't expect that to work. And so it did. And that was my first time being on stage in a musical as a trans feminine person playing a trans feminine character. He did an adaptation of the, of the story of Peter Pan where the lost boys instead were the lost kids and there are kids of all different genders. I was still the only trans person in this show. Um, yeah. But like, I got to like play this little girl in the show and I had never, I didn't, I, I, I didn't get to grow up as feminine as I actually am. So that was like a trip and a half in a lot of different ways. And then I did a whole lot of media interviews about it um, to promote the show. And also like, I wanted families in Nova Scotia with trans kids to know that, Hey, <laughs> for once, <laughs> Your daughter can see herself here too, um, which was really great. But it also resulted in me. I I started. I got a hate mail campaign during that show. That's uh, so... no, it was a lot of fun. Ugh. Uh, I got to the point where like I needed someone to like escort me to and from the theater between shows. Um, oh my for god! A few weeks. It was it was it was a scary time of my life. Um, but I did it. I got through, and I got to meet a lot of kids and people who felt very affected by that and like I still sometimes get like messages to like my Instagram or something from young people who like saw that show or I heard about that show and just reach out to me just like being like hey I love you thank you and I'm like what representation <laughs> that it matters it matters. matters like it like, totally I, like, matters yeah like think about like what I said before like I was closeted for six years as a trans person after I figured it out because I didn't think I could do the only thing that I love doing because yeah. I was trans so, like, to be able to show in any way that there's even the slightest bit of hope to these kids, um, that to me, I don't think I could, I don't think I can ever say that anything was worth receiving hate mail. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, because I, I'm so appalled that that happens to anyone, regardless of whether or not it's me. Yeah. Um, nothing is worth getting that kind of community level abuse. Yeah. But, uh, like, that can be awful, and this other thing can be good at the same time. It's kind duality of, of so like this is bad and inexcusable and not worth anything yeah this was awesome and i love that this happened yeah um that's awesome i feel like you get to do something that brings you so much joy but with so much like heaviness behind it yeah. because you have to like because you haven't seen anybody like you in all of these roles like even on television and everything like that so 
this is my question three, but now it's thing two because it just because <laughs> we're improvising. Yeah. <laughs> thing two. So like, how do you like keep joy in your art when you're also like <sighs> pushing advocacy? Like how because like advocacy is so important and representation is so important, but like it's heavy. How do you keep joy in what you're doing? Oh my god, Andrea! Um, I'm getting to be like Oprah. I just need to do the tape. So <laughs> I mean, like, I'm like, this is a lot. This is this is not the only reason I'm in therapy, but it is one of them. Yeah, um, I bet. Like, especially because my my create like what I care most about is my own creation, and like the things I create, like the stuff like the Pansy Craze, and then even on Peter Pan, like I originated that role and I put had a lot of input in how that went. Um, and other roles that I played as an actor since I've had a lot of input to how this go. Um. So, like, I find a lot of joy in knowing that something's coming from me authentically. Um, but then it's also to do with balancing. Even that is, like, a huge output of yourself in, a, in, a, in, a, in like, a level of, like, emotional labor. And so, for me, kind of the, the pandemic's kind of taught me to slow down and, like, remember my identity outside of my work. Which is very hard to do um, when you are working in this industry and also adding in the level of advocacy that I some of it I want to do and then more of it I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to get lost in like, I'm not Avery Jean, I am this trans person who's here to say this thing. And so I have tried to get a lot more invested in like hobbies, but also like I didn't have any hobbies before the pandemic. So like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any hobbies during the pandemic? I, well, because, not like, a question. All of my hobbies were all things like I was working on. Like it was like my hobby was music, but I was also writing and singing professionally. And then like I yes. didn't I feel like this kind of forced me to re-hobbyize some of those things. Okay. So like I've been playing piano all for myself lately. Every week I do like a Zoom play reading club with a bunch of my friends across the continent now. Um where we just replays for fun every week um and just kind of like put the play back in play <laughs> yeah um and uh, i had a really wonderful conversation i'm currently in the um generators um artist producer training program to develop my craft as a producer as well Ooh. um because i don't do enough things <laughs> you need uh, more. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we had we were really really privileged to have uh two guests come into our our group workshop we do every month and we had tanisha tate from cahoots theater and mike payette who's the incoming AD for Tarragon and we I got to talk to them about like artistic leadership and how do you how do you exist as a human being while in that position because we get to humanize so much in mm-hmm. these roles as leaders um where like our communities view yeah. us yes for the thing that we are here to provide and for how we want to serve our communities and for the things we want to give to our communities and how we want to lead them and those are important but they but what is what happens a lot is um it's forgotten that we're also people outside those positions. Yeah. Um, who have emotional needs. And so like I have a lot of people talking to me all the time. Um, but it's only ever about work. And so then I'm kind of left alone in a space of like, all right, and my personal life is me sitting at home playing Animal Crossing. Which is great <laughs> because I live on an island of ten animals who all love me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you created a little happy life. Like, that's fine. Um, but like you need those things in your life that remind you of your um, your personhood too as your as, as your individuality and so I've been trying to find more of that in my life in the last while and trying to also find ways I can integrate that even into my art because I spent a lot of time doing that and the pansy craze was written from a place of a lot of hurt and anger around both the pulse shootings and then also the treatment of trans people in theater and sensationalization that happens to us and the tokenization that happens to us 
Um, and I'm writing a new show now, which is going to have a staged virtual reading as part of Eastern Front Theater's Stages Festival um, on June the 7th at 2 p.m. Atlantic time, which is 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's, a, it's a new play that I'm writing called No Country for They Thems. I'm very excited. And I'm going to take a late lunch to watch it. <laughs> it'll also be available on demand um, up until the end of the festival, June 11th. Okay. So you can so you can buy a festival pass to get every show in the festival, and it's on a sliding scale of like fifteen dollars, twenty five dollars, or forty, whatever you want to pay, and you get every single show, including mine. Nice. Um, and that show I set out with the intention to, because like other things I've written from a place of love, or I or no, not not from love. I written for a place of protest, or a place of anger, or a place of frustration or hurt. And this one, I was like, I set out with the goal. My only goal was I want to write this about love. I'm going to write this about euphoria. I'm going to write this about joy. What it, what, what is the joy in transness? And how can I show that and use that as another medium of advocacy, but one that allows me to, like, I spent a lot of time writing the Nancy Grace sitting in, like, painful experiences in my life, like writing about my own assaults um, and stuff like that. I then, love oh. that you use your, because you're a cancer and you have all these feelings. <laughs> and then I love that you use your, like, you use your feelings so like eloquently and pro like it's such an important way because i does it help you like work this is still this question mm -hmm. by the way yeah, I, I know. <laughs> everybody calm this down two. <laughs> this is no i think we're on are we we're no this is still two no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no but i'm just like does it help you like process those feelings yes. in the, yeah so that's yeah. i i use comedy and I, I think a lot of comedians use comedy to avoid yeah. their feelings whereas i'm like it must be nice to use your art to process yeah. your feelings and well, especially have like, that legacy. as a cancer my moon is also in pisces so like feelings for oh. me is like being lost in like a sea of feelings and you can't really understand what any of them are or which ones are actually yours um and so <laughs> i through writing have been able to like structureize my feelings um and like like that's not a word provide structure to my feelings and like really like focus and reflect and, like okay what am i actually going through what do i need to process and so I've been able to do that, like I do journaling, but like also in my plays. And so for No Country for They Thems, I really focus on like writing a show that is just me spending time with my favorite queer relationships in my life. Like I have a lot of really wonderful queer friends and there's a lot of like extremely deep and intimate platonic love that we have between each other um, that I don't also see shown a lot in theater. I love that. And Oops, so I was uh, like, I want to just write about that. And like, yes, there's problems that come up. Love. And there's Ugh. pain that comes up because you inherently like we live in a society right now where to be trans means to also be in pain mm -hmm. um but there's so much joy that comes from it that people also don't get to see or understand unless you're like really deeply rooted and connected to the community and so i wanted to focus on that and that's actually been a really healing thing to write like i don't end a writing session feeling like exhausted and like i need to take a nap and 10 edibles to get over it <laughs> like this time i'm just like oh i feel like I, I just got to like write this show, which feels like spending time with my favorite people. And that's been a lot of fun. Oh, that makes me happy. I'm so excited to see it. It's uh, it sounds amazing. Um, so excited. Thing three, because I'm going to get pulled off the stage. Uh, I'm your producer. It's fine. Oh, OK, sweet. <laughs> I can do it all. Yeah. Uh, uh, think three is uh, who inspires you? Who inspires like what are your influences in your art that inspire you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> me. 
I am big enough to say that I often inspire myself. Like, well, I, it's I, I, because you like don't... when I was just saying my feelings. Yeah. And like I I draw from my like I process my feelings through my work. And if you don't see people like you represented and you're creating those roles for yourself, yeah, yeah, I would think you're exactly. inspiring yourself, right? Exactly. You're like you kind of have to as as yeah. any equi- person from an equity seeking group, sometimes yeah. you have to be. Although you also do get to like piecemeal together like the ultimate role model from a few like a wide variety of people. So like I've been really inspired by um Stephen Sondheim as a musical theater writer and as a playwright, even though he doesn't write plays, but like his philosophy behind everything about like how content dictates dictates your form. Um how God is in the details, like the more specific you get, the better it is. Um I really apply a lot of those rules. Both to my writing, but also like to my acting, to my administrative work, to my producing work. Um, I'm really inspired by. I'm really inspired by Lady Gaga. <laughs> Me too. Oh I don't need to explain that. <laughs> no, uh, of course. <laughs> She's God. She is so good. Um, exactly. Um, I'm really inspired by a lot of the queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. I have okay. to say, like to be totally honest, like that show when I first discovered it before I came out as trans too was like another thing that showed me a lot of like being in a person who's assigned male at birth who is effeminate can also look like these certain things like a lot of that like Jinx Bonsoon was really inspiring to me in that uh, or Shea Coulee or Bob the Drag Queen Bob the Drag Queen especially actually is the one I say I look up to the most um I also like I've also like really inspired by I like a, like a mishmash of different artistic leaders I've gotten to know over the years, like Jeremy over at Neptune. There are certain ways that I really look up to him. Hannah Tate at Cahoots, I really look up to her. Um, also, like, not to, like, kiss ass at my workplace, but, like, I do really look up to Coco Galore as an so artistic leader. And, like, so. and you should if you're watching this and you're yeah. like, who's Coco? Coco's How did you get here? If you don't know who Coco is, yeah. go Google that. Exactly. Coco Galore. <laughs> and so, like, I've been really enjoying, like, even in my role at Bat Dog now as a production coordinator involves a lot of me like just like by proxy like mentoring under her in some ways and so like that's been really wonderful um this yeah. is a good segue for thing four it's a question i ask everybody but i'm like actually most excited to ask you it because you're new to the like newish to the improv land i i, I just want to know your general thoughts on improv you're taking your level one class i know mm. you're um You've been with us since 2019. What, yeah, what is your thoughts about improv? I mean, I've gone on record publicly on my <laughs> own show, on Drink Along Table Read last year when that existed. I, the intro to that show started, my name is Avery Jean Brennan and I hate improv. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. And I have to admit, I was lying the whole time. Okay. Um, I've really enjoyed, I've always really loved watching improv and I actually used to really enjoy doing it a lot Growing up and even in theater school, I, I, I came in second place in a theater sports tournament oh. in, in, uh, in my second year of theater school. Um, yeah, like comedy, like comedy, like what I was talking about musical theater, though, before of like, I didn't really see anyone like me in that either. And so like, I kind of instead of like, I was already in musical theater school, I wasn't in comedy school. So at least with that one, I was like, well, I'm already here. I have to keep going. Yeah. Whereas comedy, I'm more was like, and I'll put that away. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I also grew up watching like Saturday Night Live, um, Margaret, oh, Margaret Cho and Kathy Griffin are two of my other major inspirations. Oh, they're Who amazing. I've like been obsessed with since I was 12 years old now. Um, and I, I still live Margaret my life Cho. by like a lot of, who, what both of them have like taught me and shown me through their work. 
Um, so like I I do I do actually really love improv and like I'm taking the improv one class right now as like a reintroduction into it and I'm I love it and I really love my classmates. Um, it's taught by Daphne Joseph right now. Daphne's amazing. Yeah. What a wonderful intro into back like back into improv with Daphne who is just like joy personified it's um, so good it's so, so good. good and like i'm it's interesting to be at improv one with 15 years of professional performing experience <laughs> <laughs> i love i love when a but theater... i love it i love it because i'm like the oh conference... i already do all these things yeah this is just a different framework of it i love it i love watching a theater person do a level one and then they're like very confident but they're like oh i can make and they, i can be as big as i want and i can make up these things and they just like come alive with their and i was like yay <laughs> i love it i really love it i love i love the games we do i love getting to know these other people i really love getting to know people who are like interested in performance but like not professionally like i love people who just do community theater like i really want to see fiddler on the i don't want to see Fiddler on the roof but like i do I, like just as an example <laughs> A show that is not Fiddler on the Roof, but like Fiddler on the Roof. I would love to see like my dentist as Tevia. Like that, I think like, I love it. <laughs> it's just someone's dentist. I love it. Yeah, I love, I love watching adults be ridiculous. It's honestly my favorite thing. And they're thing. just there because they want to be. Yeah, it's like, um, I worked a lot of retail. This is so off topic, but I worked a lot of retail and my best retail job was chapters because nobody comes goes into chapters because they have to. They're usually no. there because they want to. Exactly. So. You want to look um, at books? You want to look at throw pillows? Yeah, Have exactly. You want some live comedy? Go to baddogtheater.com or, or, or go to, and take a class. You can take a class at baddogtheater.com slash classes like Avery Jean's doing. Um, and we'll, slash oh, education. education. Yes. Gosh, almighty. <laughs> That's the second week in a row. I've done that. Don't fire me, bad dog. Um, yeah, okay. take a class. Amazing. Thank you. I, had, I was so excited about that question, asking you your thoughts on improv. I love it. I really um, love it. Yay! And I get uh, okay. to and I get to judge theater sports now too. Like I oh, and you were honestly, I keep like coming so close to the camera, like you're actually there. <laughs> I'm here. like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm running up to this just camera. Touch my face. <laughs> I miss people so much. I'm just rubbing the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're very good. I, I think you're like the one of the most impart. Even though you said you're being nice, I think that you're one of the most impartial <laughs> judges we have there. Because improvisers, if I just give everybody fives, yeah, I'm in the yeah. audience, I'm in the chat, I'm giving fives. Well, I think um, part of it too is like I don't actually know most of the people on it on a personal level. <laughs> oh. Oh. So I'm like, and I, but like I also don't know a lot of like the specifics of improv trainings, but I do know what I like and what I don't like as a performance. Nice. Next time I play and you're the judge, I want brutal honesty, by the way. <laughs> no <Yeah>. pressure. Uh, <laughs> okay. The five things, the the rapid fire, five things like that we do off the top of the head. This is the five things. Rapid is this question. The, is this the, the fifth thing? Five questions? Yes, we're at the fifth thing. <gasps> you do ask nine things. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell Coco. <laughs> I, just told the, I just told everyone on the internet. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, go. Men in black. Um I just did the men in black. Oh. Uh, you all forget what happened. This is five questions. The fifth question. Um, five. Okay. This is this mm -hmm. is because we talk fashion. Every time we're, we're together, we, we usually talk about fashion. So I need five fashion staples in a like a good wardrobe. What are five fashion staples? Um, a shawl. One. Uh, statement glasses. Two. Which we both are very good at. Mm -hmm. We're very stylish. Um, <laughs> boots. I love boots. Three. Yes, you need some boots. Um, fitted under 
clothing, like something like fitted for a shirt that you can wear like a shawl or like a baggy sweater over to like okay. add some shape to the body. Okay. Okay. Four. And then five. A tiara. Oh, of course you need a tiara. Yeah. yeah. I have, I have too many tiaras for an adult woman of my age. Um, um, no, you have just <laughs> enough. Are you kidding you so me? Thank you so much. Yeah. I should have worn mine today. You look gorgeous. Thank you. Um, just not go with this headband. I'm taking it <laughs> take, back off. Thank you. Those are five. Uh, that's essential. Avery Jean's a style icon, and you just got style advice for free on Bad Dog, on the Sonar Network. Oh, yeah. I also I also have hosted three different virtual red carpets during the pandemic. <laughs> I know. And every time you look. <laughs> every gorgeous. time I wear almost the same outfit. Really? I look, you... I, it's not the same, like, clothes, but, like, I know, I know my silhouettes. I know what I like. <laughs> I know what silhouette I like. It's usually, like, a high-waisted pant with, like, a flared leg that's, like, a little bit capri length. And then a fitted shirt with no sleeves. Um, and then I wear like a shawl or a vest over that. And then a sh- shit ton of like jewelry around my neck. Oh, okay. And then Fair. I wear a lot of makeup, which I am not wearing tonight because um, transness looks like anything. <laughs> do whatever you want. <laughs> you could do whatever you want. Exactly. Um, Avery Jean, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. I really wanted to get to know you better and I feel like I do know you better. Um, thank you so much for being the production manager of this oh wonderful show. But also like, yeah, I, I've learned so much via your Facebook post, via the work you do, via having a chat with you. And I know that's not always like, that's heavy on you. So I really appreciate the work you do. Um, well, you. And, and I, and I, appreciate you so much and i hope we can be like best friends now i will say it right here for the day to hear i really love producing your show i really love getting to work with you in this sense oh, i think you're doing you. an excellent job as a host thank you and you're so just like much. a delightful wonderful person also so the world knows like i am the producer but i did not ask to be on this show <laughs> <laughs> andrea asked me no. Yeah. Andrea I, pitched to Coco that I'd be on it and everyone yeah. was like, sure. And I was like, I guess I'm doing this. Like, Because I want to know you better exactly. and I'm so happy I got you on the show. So I'm thank so you so too. much. Um, Avery Jean, where can people, okay, you mentioned your show, but I want you to plug it again. Mm-hmm. And I want you to plug your social media. So I want everybody to find you. Yeah. <gasps> There we oh, go. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, um, Connor. For people listening, you can find me at the Avery Jean, all one word, T-H-E-A-V-E-R-Y-J-E-A-N. Um, that's my handles on both Twitter and Instagram. My um, show, No Country for They Thems, is playing as part of Eastern Front Theater's Stages Theater Festival, which is entirely virtual this year. So you can watch it anywhere from the world. Uh, we are premiering June 7th at 2 p.m. Atlantic time, which is 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that will be the live stream. It will be myself. Um, I'll be one of the actors in the show alongside two of my best friends in the world, Sansa Marchand and Stevie Hunter, all of whom are like all three of us are in Halifax. Sansa and I are also in a little COVID bubble together. So we will be reading the script together from Sansa's bathroom because the show is set in a bathroom. That's all I can say about that. Um, and it's only 30 minutes long right now. I'm trying to work on developing it to get to 45 to 60. But at this point, it's a nice, a nice tight 30. Um, and you can get tickets to that at eastonfronttheater.com. Um, and the prices, you can get them for $15, $25, or $40 for the entire festival to take in a whole bunch of other work, too. Um, and that's all in Canadian dollars, plus tax. Um, the festival goes until June 11th. So if you miss the live stream, you can also watch it up until midnight on June 11th. 
Nice. I will be watching. Thank you so much, Avery Jean, for being on the show today. Thank you to Connor, who's in the booth. Um, And thank you for everybody who's watching on Bad Dog TV. Smash that like button. Thank you. I love that sound. Um, And listen to us on the Sonar Network and smash a like button there if there's something to smash. Or or Uh, like just copy and paste the link into your Facebook status and tell all your friends to listen to it. Tell the world. We're just chatting over here on Bad Dog TV. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to Five Things and watching Five Things this week with Avery Jean Brennan. I'm Andrea Marston. Have a great week, everybody. Love you. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.